Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 199. I just realized I should like do something special for episode 200, but I, I, I have not even considered it. It's going to be like a weird one. I'm, uh, well, I, I, shall, I, I shall ponder. There may or may not be a special 200 episode episode. Probably not, but but maybe, maybe. So, uh, how how we all doing? We 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 keeping it going. This is now, I believe, seven weeks since they closed down the restaurants here in New York. I don't know why I'm measuring from like the last time I took the subway, which was uh, Friday, and the day they closed down the restaurant, which was a Monday, which is where we are. So seven weeks ago, they they shut it down. And I think New Yorkers are ready to come back. I mean, out on the streets this weekend, uh, I don't know, man. I think our neighbors are having a party. You can probably hear the kids who are out playing basketball. Like, it's over for them. It's over. I hope it's not over for them. You know what I mean? Anyway, fingers crossed. I guess what I'm trying to say is we're all going a little bit loopy. It's uh, it's it's been too long. It's been too long. We're sticking it out. I mean, most some of us, some of us are sticking it out. Some some are not. Other some are out on the street with their masks on their chins. Everyone's wearing their masks on their chins. It doesn't help. It, I it's it doesn't help, my friends. It doesn't help. But I, I mean, I, 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 I can't get worked up about it. Like, it's just like, I get it. I get it. You're done. You're frustrated. Everybody's like losing it. Um, I hope anyway, fingers crossed. Like I said, so let's, let's get in a time machine to a month ago, because that is when I posted this blog and it is now a month later, not quite a month. It looks like I posted this on April 5th. And today is May the 4th, so uh, close, though, and I probably wrote it on the 3rd or the 4th or something like that, so really it is a month since I wrote it, and the 5th is close enough, right? Uh, anyway, the this is what I was thinking about a month ago, um, and it's funny how things have changed and also not changed. I think I will probably have further thoughts on this subject, but from a different perspective now. Um, Yeah, so I should tell you what the topic is, because uh, here we are. Uh, This is about digital gentrification, um, which is a term I made up. It's actually like I was sitting trying to think, I was like, what is the word where you you're somewhere and then someone just comes in and takes over what's what is that and it was like it's not colonization and then I was like oh yeah it's gentrification so anyway I invented it by trying by basically just like going backwards like here's what this feels like uh what is the word for that and digital gentrification was born although it already existed it just didn't have a name Anyway, I'm going to read it to you. Uh, it is called Digital Gentrification and Ontological Insecurity. 
When it became clear to me that my big break in theater wasn't coming anytime soon, I began to create things in the digital space. If I couldn't book a gig in a theater, I could at least play a song online or have some words I wrote get read. While I appreciated the opportunity to share with people around the world, I also felt somewhat banished into that space. The difficulty and expense of producing things pushed me there. The many barriers to entry exiled me there. Given a choice, I would have chosen a career of only theater. I would not have become a blogger or podcaster, but I wasn't given a choice, and so I did, and do, do those things. I love them, but they're sort of a substitute for theater for me. And now, due to the virus, my entire field has been sent home, and all the people who have never not worked steadily in theater are catapulting into the digital space. And I feel super weird about it. I would like to be magnanimous and welcome everyone to my world, put up a banner and give everyone a cocktail and some snacks. But I'm not feeling quite that generous yet. Because it's not like I'm over here holding the secrets to getting lots of views and downloads. I'm feeling a little bit encroached upon, I have to confess. Suddenly, the internet is full of theater folk, live streaming, zooming, creating that digital content. Meanwhile, my work garners half the views and downloads as usual. I guess it feels a little like digital gentrification. Like, here I am, living over in the part of town no one else wants to live in, and suddenly, when the lights go out on all the stages, everyone rushes to the one place the lights are still working, for the time being, and it just happens to be my neighborhood. And because all the new arrivals are sparkly and have followings, all eyes turn toward them. It just suddenly feels very crowded on the internet. Which is funny, because it is huge. My response to all this makes me feel a little petty. Like I should, for sure, have put up that magnanimous welcome banner instead of shouting, Get off my digital lawn! I did not do this, to be clear, but I wanted to. One of the things I noticed when the performing arts were shut down a couple of weeks ago was a sort of fundamental panic that seemed separate from the more obvious panics arising. The most obvious panic-inducing elements were the loss of income and the loss of time and efforts invested in heartfelt projects. There were jobs lost, shows closed, rehearsals cut off in mid-process. But the fundamental panic was one of identity. The, if there is no theater, who am I? What do I do if I don't do what I do? I've just learned that this phenomenon is something called ontological insecurity, and as restrictions have increased and mobility decreased, more and more people feel it. Performing artists were perhaps the first people hit by this ontological crisis, but many others were soon to follow. 
I learned about this concept while listening to a podcast about a woman escaping a cult. The concept came up because having spent 12 years in this cult, her entire sense of self, her ontological security of knowing her place in the world was wrapped up in the cult. To leave the cult created intense ontological insecurity. I'm not saying we're all in a cult that we suddenly were compelled to leave, but I think the structure applies. In my online podcast groups, everyone was talking about how their numbers dropped when this all started. In a matter of days, they lost half their listens. The factors are complicated and some are practical, like commuters aren't commuting and are therefore not listening. But I suspect that ontological insecurity is also a factor. People without their jobs to go to or to hang their identity on are a bit at loose ends, and so they're not really up for their usual podcasts. What I'm trying to say is, it might actually be the worst time to move to my digital neighborhood. When this is all over, I hope all the folks who moved into my digital neighborhood will return to this stage and that there will be stages to return to. I'd like to return to the stage myself one of these days, though I don't love my chances now that the entire field has been laid low. I mean, the theater in which I just did a show last month is unlikely to reopen, as are many of the spaces that have historically been available to me. It's clearly going to be a different field when we return to it. And I don't know what will come of my little digital neighborhood once the stars return to their stages, but I hope we will all be able to recover somehow and spend many ontologically secure hours in many welcoming communities. I'll put up a banner for that, for sure. Are you wondering what the podcast I was listening to was? You're a podcast listener, so you probably are. And I will not keep you waiting. It was Uncover Escaping Nexium. That is, it's the first season of a Canadian kind of journalist show uh, called Uncover. And then Escaping Nexium is the first season. And it is a, it is a, what do you call like a page turner, but it's a podcast, a pod turner? Mm, I don't know. But yeah, it was a good one. Uh, compelling and disturbing, but good. Uh, and good, maybe, but no, I don't know. Uh, so there's that information. Um, yeah, and I feel like uh, the, the, the mad rush to the digital space has slowed a lot in the last few weeks. Um, but I definitely see now how celebrity driven it really is like nobody wants to watch the indie theater companies films performance they're gonna watch the national theater of the you know british stage they'll watch that but nobody wants to, like, small companies are trying, like, oh, everybody's online. No, but nobody wants to watch it. No. I don't want to watch it either. I, so <laughs> that's the problem. It's like it's a non-digital thing in a digital space. It's just not, it's just not flying. 
And I'll see, I'm going to write this post. It's going to happen, but I'm not going to do it right here. <laughs> I, my, my thoughts are unformed about it. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's, it's, it'll, it'll shake down, but just not right, right, not right yet. So two bits of news. Or is it really just one piece of news? The, the big piece of news is that the second episode of The Dragoning is now up. It took us like a month to kind of get it from the last one. But it is up. And I think the subsequent episodes will not take quite so long. Um, but if you want to listen to that, it is in The Dragoning podcast feed, which at this point is still Anchor and Spotify. I think Apple's doing its thing where it's not approving yet. Fingers crossed. Working on that. Uh, so that came out uh, to the public yesterday. Um, so check it out if you are into it. And listen to episode one first if you haven't listened to episode one also. Um, yeah. So both of those things, are they're both on Spotify and Anchor. So you can find them there. And there will be a link in the show notes. Uh, and that that is the only news. I don't think there's another thing. It feels like there's another thing because, like, there, there's just been kind of a lot around getting that second episode out. It seems like there's, like, all kinds of stuff happening, but there, there, there actually isn't. That's It's really exclusively podcast city over here. <laughs> Fundraising, podcasting, it's sending things to actors, etc. That's all that's happening. There's no other news. Uh, if you like this podcast, thank you for listening. That is the most awesome. And uh, you could, if you want to support it, share it with someone, give it five stars, like, subscribe, download, all of the things. If you would like to support it uh, with your dollars, that's also amazing. Uh, Patreon.com slash Emily R. Davis. Uh, there's also my other Patreon, which I got my first subscriber on. It's it, They're the same, but the other one is the other model. So Emily R. Davis is the pay-per-post model, and the other one is just a monthly like subscription service, basically. Um, but, they're, but they're the same. Um, but I got my first one over there. I started – I did that like right after the Patreon conference, which was – now um, over a year ago uh, and I made it right after that so um, that's fun and uh, I've gotten a couple new patrons again so this is very very kind and very nice and I am very appreciative of all of the new new folk um, and the you know re-upping and uh, increasing from the current so thank you to all of you um, and to all of you listening. Just, you know, having you to talk to is, is really helpful right about now. Um, there's also Kofi and PayPal, which I finally managed to put in the show notes also. Apparently, I was leaving out PayPal in the, in the show notes, but they're there now. Um, yeah, so thank you for any of that or, or just your ears. Thanks for your ears. So here's your song. <laughs> You're, you, you, I, I'm laughing at myself about it because um, 
It's Mr. Rogers' theme song because this is a, a post about a neighborhood and Mr. Rogers kind of has the lockdown on songs about neighborhoods. There really aren't any others. I, I searched, believe me. I looked, but there's nothing. I mean, there's there's a few that, that are not really singable. Um, uh, so, yeah, so it's Mr. Rogers, which is funny because as a child, I hated this show. I'm sure I said this the last time I covered a Fred Rogers song, which is hilarious that this is the second Fred Rogers song that I am doing on the podcast. But but here we are. The other one was not a well-known piece of work. This one is his theme song, so you're going to know it. Um, but, yeah, it, it is like weirdly appropriate for this post. Once I started looking at it, I was like, okay, no, I even like I have to do it. It's it's right. Um like there's the part in the middle, I guess it's the bridge where he's like, I've always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. And that's how I feel about all of the fancy stage stars coming into my neighborhood. Like I wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. I just wanted to live in your neighborhood, <laughs> not not in mine. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's the funny part, I guess. I don't know. In any case, it's a short little ditty um, with with some nice chords, actually. That 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 Fred Rogers um, liked his seven chords, which I like as well. So here we are. Uh, Won't you be my neighbor? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you so let's make the most of this beautiful day since we're together we might as well say would you be mine could you be mine won't you be my neighbor won't you please won't you please please won't you be my neighbor